Hello and welcome to what we now know is episode 16, in which we are talking about the county championship round 14 and looking into 15. Uh, this is Badger Watch and we are talking about um, the county championship cricket with cricket11.com, which is the game that we play whilst discussing uh, the future and the past county championship rounds. Um, the Badgers last week had a pretty good week as far as cricket11.com goes um, because we were the top team for round 14, the top league, sorry, on 1,733 points, 0.75 as well. Um, with us today is Hugh is away again, but we do have Chev and Howard. Guys, we did pretty well last week. Where did all of our points come from? Howard? Um, a very last-minute substitution of Matty Potts in as captain, who I think he took 13. That's right, yeah. Um, and Hugh had him as well, didn't he? I think You did have him as well, yes. Yeah, uh, he was uh, a big point scorer. I think he finished with 900 and something points as captain. Mm. was pretty much half the, half the total team benefit, so... He was a good one. Um, there's a few extra uh, points from Roland Jones and Ben Code, uh, who got as many points for his batting as his bowling, I think. Um, and Ryan Higgins as well. I popped him in as a substitute and had a fairly good debut. Well, not debut, second debut for Middlesex. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I actually had Matty Potts as well. I saw it was going down to Leicestershire. And I think, Cheb, did you have Matty Potts? No, I was thinking about him, but I had two subs left. I felt I had I could only do one bowler and and had had to pick a batsman, which uh, so Potts was literally it was a flip of a coin almost, but didn't go to him, and then ended up. Uh, I've obviously regretted that massively because I'm not the one who contributed to the uh, the overall league average because I only had. 767 points. It, I was fearing a bad beat, but it was even worse than uh, than, it turned, than than I expected it to be. Chair, yeah, thanks there, because it's nice to know that I actually contributed to the league success for once. For one. In the dust. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably yeah, give no. Hugh a shout out, um, as he he came third in the overall Cricket 11 point scorers this week. He did. Uh, yes, he, yes, he also right, had right. Matty Potts as captain, plus. Uh, several other big scorers so he was he, he was number three overall yeah you got 2291 points uh which was pretty good um yeah i think in my case uh, i did have uh toby Roden jones and yep. well, he's, he was also my captain so basically he got me uh, over two thirds of the points that i scored so right. Uh, it was a pretty shocking week. I had quite a few players out with buys because obviously there were quite a few teams not playing in the yeah. past. So that was that really hurt me more than anything else, really, I think, because um, I only had like six players actually playing. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't really helpful. Uh, and then uh, the sub I did make uh, ended up with minus 18 So in, in the batting department, so that was a bit pointless. Um, but yeah, other than that, all good. Good week for Chef. Yeah, I um I had Matty Potts. I thought about captaining him, and then I gave it to Roland Jones because the batting aspect of Roland Jones pipped it for me. He just normally gets a few interesting runs, and I didn't think that's much it in the bowling. So I probably shouldn't have done that. But I also had Rob Keogh was a hero of mine in this week. He took a five for Surrey, I think, and then um 
got 100 as well. Um, and then I also had Ryan Higgins. I thought he'd be rejuvenated with his um, descent to, to Div 2, and he'd be terrorising Div 2 again. Um, so if we go into that, it was a pretty interesting week generally, wasn't it, for the actual title race and also the promotional race, which we don't really know about, but we will touch on that in a minute. But in terms of Div 1 scores, what was the most outstanding score for you guys? What stuck out the most? Shall I go first, based on what I said last week? Yeah, go on. Please do. That'd be great. Because obviously, I sort of doubted why Tom Curran should be even in Surrey's side um, <laughs> in a county game. Uh, think, I mean, I like him as a white ball player, but obviously didn't really rate him if you listened last week. Um and um, yeah, so he got his maiden hundreds, which I think to an extent actually put uh, Surrey uh, into a decent position to to get more out of the game that they actually did in the end. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that was a bit of a, a humble pie, I think, from my end. Uh, he did really well. Um, so really pleased for him anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, let's see if he can actually take some wickets this week, because that's sort of why he was on the pitch. And well, I... He didn't, he didn't do any of that. So that's my only... Uh, my only back we had ourselves, but yeah, great score. Uh, I think also, Chev, you did save yourself in. Uh, you've said it already. He didn't take that many wickets, and that's the reason semi why he's in the team. But you also did also um, start your thing last week on Curran that you really did like him. So you're not really uh, you sort of defended yourself in the opening statement saying I really like him, but he shouldn't be in the team. But he did prove you wrong with his hundred. Um, that team, that generally, it was looking pretty bad for Surrey to begin with, wasn't it? With Northants on 3-3-9, first innings. And then, um, were they looking pretty bad up until that current 100 in this in their first innings? Well, they were, Surrey were 80 for four and then about 140-odd for five. And then I think Jordan Clark got a few, Steele got a few. Uh, and then that was the, the current and Hashim Amla partnership that put them up to... Yeah, 400. And as I said on the group, for, uh, they managed to maintain their feat of scoring at least 300 in the first innings of every championship game this year, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. That is impressive. But just in the first innings here, I'm just looking at the scorecard. The first thing's from North Ants. I mean, there's a lad, Emilio Gay. He's at batting average of 30, got 145 top order. Okay, it's a well saying that I say it's a sorry attack that's a bit depleted. It's not, you know, you've got Roach and Worrell as your two opening bowlers, opening bat playing against them. It's pretty. It's you pretty also scored 80 odd in the second innings against Hampshire the week before in a North yeah. Ant side that didn't score many runs altogether. So I think, yeah, that game before you got 33 in the first innings, 74 in the second innings against a full strength Hampshire attack with. Barker, Abbott, Fuller, Noah um, Bass. So he's got runs against some pretty good bowling in the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's quite young as well, I think. Um, is he 20, 22? Um, he's from Bedford. Went to the same school as Alistair Cook. If he could replicate his predecessor, Alistair Cook, opened the batting for Bedford School. I mean, Gay did as well. I'm imagining he opened the batting anyway. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, maybe one to keep an eye on, I think, in the future. Um and then how did the rest of that game play out? And then, yeah, match drawn. So is that, I mean, could have been, could have been worse for Surrey at one point, couldn't it? But Could have been worse. Then it looked like, looked like it could have been better. They went into the final day with a decent chance of forcing a, a positive result. I, think, I, I can't remember exactly, but they had, they had 
Northampton maybe five down overnight. Yeah. Um, and a very small lead, but then safe save got a hundred with more useful contributions from low down the order. So couldn't couldn't force a result in the same way that Hampshire did against the same opposition the week before. So yeah. I safe save is an interesting one. He keeps sort of coming up every now and then I sort of think he's one is he one for the future is he done well previously does anyone know I mean he's got a quite a in terms of stats go his 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 stuff is quite okay averages 23 25 and 24 in first class list and t20 respectively is he is he one he's more limited overs player I, I read when he when I think when he went past 60 odd against Surrey that was his new highest first class score of the season he got 60 mm. on the first day and hadn't bettered it yet so he's had a, he had a very good um t20 blast and i think a couple of performances early in the one day club cup got him a contract in the hundred as well right uh, okay. i think he's more that uh, that sort of bit part one day player bats a bit hits the ball cleanly bowls a, bowls a bit of spin um yeah quite, okay. quite sort of operator quite northampton then sort of nuggety and does everything oh, we've been down this road before spin yeah <laughs> <laughs> I actually do think safe say he is. I'm not trying to backtrack here. I'm digging a hole. But he's one that I've always kept an eye on, thinking he, he looks quite good, maybe without ever producing future performances. Maybe he can go on as well. Um, we'll leave it there before I dig any deeper. Um, any other results in that in there that sort of are interesting in, in terms of the title race for Div 1? Two-horse race, isn't it? So not, not as far as the title race goes, but the, the Essex-Yorkshire game was a very good finish, Essex. Had it won, then had it lost, then had it won uh, right at the right at the death with Shane Snater, Chev's compatriot, getting them over the line. Yeah, that actually that game completely escaped me. Whether I was busy at work, so working away, hopefully history hit uh, listening, um, or if um, I don't know why it must have just escaped me quite quickly. Hugh would have obviously been um, watching it pretty closely. We didn't get the Hugh's eagle emoji when they won, did we? On the WhatsApp group, we normally do. Um, uh, then we got the tulips of Holland when Shane hit the winning run. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that game play out? So Yorkshire won the ball, bowled out cheaply, and then Essex two two five, Yorkshire two five two. Yeah, and then Essex. So sort of Yorkshire brought that back in the third innings a little bit in their favour. Ridiculous partnership. What, what what were they? So they're one hundred and fifty eight for seven second innings, lead of about forty, effectively seven down, and then. Ben Code hit 69 or 70 balls from number nine. I think possibly his first first class 50 ever. Yeah. Um, and he got those 69 in a partnership of about 80 or 90, I think, with Revis initially. Yeah. Um, and then Essex collapsed from 50 for two to, what are we looking at, 93 for seven. And then again, yes, yeah, Snater from number eight, 65 not out or 51 balls, managed to get them home. And Snater got a few wickets as well, didn't he? Really, in the game, we got three for in the first innings. Um, and got first innings good. runs as well, 46. Good game for him, Chev. Are you, do you keep an eye on him, Chev, as a as a compatriot? I do. I even I can't remember. I had him in a. I may have had him in the team at some point last year because he had a bit of a good spell. He uh, did last year. Um, uh, obviously, this year he wasn't really featuring at all. Uh, I'm also not sure whether he. I think he's he is a Dutch team, but I'm not sure whether he's available all the time for everything that they play. So it's a bit of a strange yeah. one because I, I, I'm pretty sure he played some of the uh, one day. Uh, he did uh, in, in Holland, uh, but then is not actually with the team all the time. So 
as far as I can remember, uh, at least. But hopefully this will set him up uh, well and actually he gets involved a bit more. That would be good. Uh, yeah, strange, strange player in that it, most of his eye-catching performances are with the bat, but he is a bowler. Um, whether he's going to get promoted up the ranks and be selected primarily as a batsman in the future, I'm not sure. But you can point to a few innings this year. He had a couple of 80s earlier in the year where he's turned the game with the bat in hand. Mm. Hasn't had quite the same effect. He picks up useful wickets, but I don't think he's put in a match-winning performance with the with the ball as he has done with the bat on a few occasions. Yeah, I think um, well, he's part of that sort of batch of fast bowlers that Essex have, don't they? They sort of they're very um, they seem to sort of have a very good roster of bowlers who can turn up in the county championship. Like you say, I mean Porter and Cook are definitely their spearheads, but then sort of the rest of them, Ben Allison, James Snater, um, and there's a few more in there. That's Aaron Beard. Aaron Beard, you know, they, they're the guys who, you're the sort of first, second changes that pick up useful wickets. And he's sort of part of that, isn't he? And yeah, I suppose he adds a lot of value if he can score some runs as well. Um, quite rare from Essex, I would say, in that only Dan Lawrence really in that game, in the first thing, he's got over 50. But it's not often that you see Essex's sort of top order, not, no one get runs, isn't it? Um like you said, it doesn't really have any bearing on the um, on the championship at all, but it's interesting generally for um, just to look at that game, I suppose. It's um, mostly interesting for Hugh, really, but yeah, um, he's not here, he's not <laughs> yeah, here so he's not we'll, here we'll leave it at that. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other game in Div 1 is Warwickshire, Somerset. Um, that was drawn. Is that any damage to Somerset? Actually, looking at the table now, they're in seventh. Big game. Yeah, in, in the relegation battle, you've got Gloucester, who, let's face it, Spain are down. Yeah. And if we assume for now that two teams are getting relegated, it's going to be one of probably Somerset, Kent and Warwickshire. Um, mm. So that a, a win for either Somerset or Warwickshire there would have done themselves the world of good, but no one could force a result. Yeah, and so Somerset on 123 points with Kent and Warwickshire on 115 each. Gloucestershire on 74. So like you say, they're definitely down. Um, yeah, so I mean, if anything, it sort of makes that it's a bit of a stalemate game, I suppose, was it? It's sort of no one's really come out on top, and if they had, then it would have been great. Um, just looking at Somerset have bolstered their bowling attack, haven't they? With Siraj and Yadav, um, are they signings just for September? Uh, Warwickshire, that is. Sorry, Sorry Warwickshire, yeah, Foxy for me. I'm looking at Somerset's batting card. So, Warwickshire have bolstered their bowling attack, obviously. Is that in Siraj and Yadav? Is that to go up? I mean, it's not to go up. Is that to? Is that just for September? To stay, I presume so. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a few that picked up uh, players for two, three games. So it's and and they're both of them are are part of that. It's very good there. Han and Dolby trusted with the new ball still um, with those two coming on. But yeah, I mean that's quite good. Siraj just picked up five for. That's um, the uh, spinner Yadav though, giant Yadav rather than Umesh. Yeah. Okay, great. Good knowledge. From, good knowledge from me. Um, trying to edit that one, Jimmy, please. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Siraj with five foot in the beginning. Um, yeah. Somerset. Greg Lewis Gregory, sixty odd. No, I'm really screwing your runs. Two hundred nineteen for Somerset first innings. Warwickshire one nine six. Is that Jack? Yeah. I mean, Jack Brooks. He's the gift that keeps on giving for Somerset in some respects, isn't he? He's been going on for ages, hasn't he? Yeah, well, they were letting him out on loan earlier this year, which didn't seem to help them very much. No, fierce competitor. I wouldn't like to face him as a batter. Um, mm. And then, yeah, that, I mean, 
I don't know, somewhere like that, Somerset. Has Gregory always opened the bowling for Somerset? Lewis Gregory, do we know? It, it, historically, yes. Not so much yeah. this year when they've had the likes of, I guess, Davy, Siddle and Overton all around at various points. Right. And I don't think Gregory's been quite his best ball in hand this year. But no. A couple um, of years ago, he was, he was one of the top wicket takers and took the new ball. Yes, I mean, that game, that, you know, there wasn't really one outstanding performance in that game, I wouldn't say. Well, Siraj got five first, so that's probably the best one going there. Um, Bartlett got 100, actually, looking at that for Somerset. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's one of those. Who do you think out of those sort of teams there, guys, in terms of Somerset, Kent, Warwickshire, who's, in, who's your money to, to go down? Kent looked the weakest side for me. I think so. I think you're right. Um, I've obviously got at the start of the year that Warwickshire and Somerset would be battling it out in a relegation decider come come September, but neither of well none of the badges I don't think would have picked those two to be in trouble. Warwickshire defending champions, Somerset have had a couple of finals of the runners ups in the four day, haven't they? Yeah, certainly Warwickshire. I mean, they're a bit. That's I mean, as far as as far as big clubs go in the championship, you'd you know Warwickshire is one of them, aren't they? They are a Test match nation. They've produced a lot of England players over the last few years. Um, Ashley Giles, Paul Farbridge, you know, two England coaches, directs cricket. That's it's quite a big thing that um, if they do go down. And they've got, I mean, I'm just looking at their team now. They've got a lot of sort of possibly, I mean, Hugh, Hugh maybe touched on it, but maybe their signings haven't really done the business for them this season. Al Davies is probably underwhelmed would we say, with the bat, his move over to Lancashire, he probably expected to take the gloves maybe as well. Yeah. Um, and then Michael Burgess of late, it's sort of, we talked about it with Ben Compton. I think Burgess, hopefully you could say that he's had a, a season of two halves, um, yeah. outstanding first season and second second half. So it's quite interesting. And Somerset are the same, aren't they? They're a hugely, pr- I mean, there's not, Somerset generally, they are the focal point of their sporting sort of, region aren't they in in their taunton sort of they are the 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 archetypes there so i think it's like it's interesting that yeah i think i think well the thing is that i think at somerset Warwickshire brought in the reinforcements to keep them up mm. uh and you know if they've got one good result out of the next two games obviously that will, will help them massively uh whereas kent uh i read it over the weekend i think that they they've signed conor mccurr from Surio on loan yeah um I mean, you can also wonder why he doesn't even make a Surrey team with what they had available last week. But yeah, um, you know, uh, that's not really going to keep you up. So, well, just looking at that comes back to comes back to what well, we were I, I was discussing hoping. about um, Hampshire loaning older. Uh, who was it? Um, Hampshire loaned to Warwickshire when they played. Brad Wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Brad Wheel. Now Surrey getting their own back, loaning Conor McCurr to Kent for a. For a visit of Hampshire, aren't they? Well, let's <laughs> yeah, hope he, let's, let's hope he takes a few. I would be yeah, very pull them out. Go on, Connor. <laughs> yeah, I just just looking at this. Um, yeah, we're looking at Div One. The next fixtures really, really do favour um, Warwickshire, don't they? They're playing Gloucestershire next at Bristol. Um, in Gloucestershire's form at the moment, you'd probably take Warwickshire to win that game. Um, and then Somerset have got Northampton, as we've said. Surrey found it. Northampton are very difficult to beat. Um, and then Summers, and then sorry, Kent have got Hampshire, who you know we've talked about it before with Hampshire's bowling attack, um, a possible title on the line. Um, yeah, I think Kent are looking not terrific in this in the potential mm. drop, and then also um, 
you know, Somerset also, I think Warwickshire are probably looking favourably for the next round. Um, Div 2. Kent play, Kent play Somerset last round. Um, Do they? Of the tournament as well. So, yeah, if Warwickshire can get a win, it could be a straight battle shootout between Kent and Somerset, potentially. Oh, to the neutral. That's nice. I mean, not so much, not so much to anyone else. Um, and then, so also, we haven't touched on uh, Div 2 as well. What happened in Div Two, I think Middlesex's win there is probably very interesting, isn't it? Sort of opens up a possible race for a promotion um, should Nottinghamshire's results go differently. Was any any outstanding performances in Div Two for you guys? In, individual performances. Individual or team, I suppose. Don't really mind. Um, I, I think the, the Middlesex were the standout team performance. Um, bold, bold Glamorgan. I think Glamorgan probably got slightly more than they potentially the Middlesex would have wanted them to get first innings. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Having had them, I can't remember exactly, but they were 100 off at 520. Yeah, Chris Chris Cook got 50, performed a bit of rear guard with um, um, Ajaz Patel. From, he's been the Kiwi, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then Middlesex, more runs for Stoneman, more runs for John Simpson, who's having a belter of a year. Yeah. And, um very efficient bowling performance from Middlesex second time round. Glamon got off to a flyer, hundred of for none. Yeah, they did. Yeah, completely fell away. In fact, you yeah. chevved them, didn't you, Spen? With Toby Rowland James as your captain, one text on the group seems to have gone a bit flat at Lords. I did so, say that. Yeah, cue, yeah. cue a procession of wickets. <laughs> Beautiful bowling. The thing is, though, when I um, the, in our in our group, there's a lot of chevving. Uh, and for new listeners, Cheving is basically whenever Chev, and now it is transcended to the rest of the group, whenever we say something, the complete opposite happens. So I said it's flat at Lords. It's a flurry of wickets happened. Um, but when I say these things, I actually don't sort of do them out of spite for other members of our group. I know Hugh loves doing that. He sort of says this person's going well if he's on um, one of our teams. But like, but it's, it is extraordinary how that happened. Um, well, basically, he was the only one who does that, and everyone else normally is actually talking about something that they, uh, <laughs> you know, you just you actually mean it, and you're trying to give someone a compliment or not, or just talk about the state of the game, and then obviously it goes in a completely different direction. So, uh, yeah, he was the only one really who's who's trying to uh, uh, the, the chef gods will find him out. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just looking at that, I mean, Leicestershire's. Um, woeful season is very similar to Gloucestershire's in terms of no wins and it carried on there with Durham. Um, Durham beat them quite easily, I think we would say. Um, and then the other result there is Sussex drew to Worcestershire, which I think is, it, I mean, Jake, there's Worcestershire's opening partnership there, um, Pollock and Libby, pretty good. I mean, Pollock got 98, unfortunately didn't quite get 100, but Libby with 215. Yeah, right? Just a word on him. He's had a, he's had a quiet year after yeah. a very good year last year, I think it was. And we were probably talking about him in our early season. Um, let's find an English opener. Yeah. Conversation. He was right in the in the piece, but had a pretty lean time of things in Division 2 this year. So good to see him get some runs. Still quite young at 29. Um, very young, we would all say. Um, Nottinghamshire and then Worcestershire. So he's sort of... He was talked about at one point, wasn't he? Sort of future England opener, maybe. He's definitely. I mean, I know what other opener hasn't been in the conversation with England, but um, I think he know, might have been top of the run scoring charts for last year. Or was it? Yeah, I think sort of. 
You yeah. probably would have picked him or Alex Lees, and no one would have really batted an eyelid, maybe, with Jake Levy opening batting for England if, they, if, if Alex Lees has also got a call up. But um, it's good to see him in the runs again. And he is a very, you know, he's a very, very good county player at the moment without going higher honours. Um, Tom Walsall, another 100 for him. I think that was 100 number four of the year. He's, yeah. had, the, he's had a pretty good, good time of things. Yeah, he has. Um, I'm just sort of looking, you know, it's really. You're trying to create a narrative, aren't we? About you know, it's what everyone's doing with with journalists everywhere, trying to create narratives about cricket. And cricket needs to be exciting. Um, the county championship needs to be exciting more than anything else because at the moment it's maybe seen as the sort of the poor of the formats. But it's pretty hard to create a narrative, isn't it? When you don't really know what we're talking about here. We're assuming whoever wins, let's say Nottinghamshire win the rest of their games, they go up. But we're not really sure, are we, on what's happening for the rest of the season? We touched on it at the end of last week, but I do think we need to give it a bit more air. Is sort of all of these people here, Middlesex, Glamorgan, Derbyshire, and well, eventually Durham, I think. Yeah, Worcestershire, Durham. You've got you've got potentially five teams there that just don't really know what they're playing for, and at the same time, we don't know how to phrase if it's a big or or a small win. I mean, everyone obviously just tries to win their games for the remainder and see what happens. But do you think that's a big effect? Like why do you think it's a huge thing for them to not know how to seal their fate? I mean, yeah, I think, I think it is a huge thing. And I think that the tactics will be very different if teams know what they need to get. And if, if we mentioned Warwickshire, Somerset, Kent, that Somerset Kent game, one of those teams will probably know that a a draw will probably be enough for one of them, but not the other potentially. Now, yeah. how those two teams approach that, knowing that rather than it, it might be that one go down, it might be the three go down. It, it completely changes the, the sort of the perception and the perspective of the game for for those teams that are involved in it and how they play accordingly. Yeah, and like you, yeah, you'd assume that basically the tactic is. I'm sure the coaches are saying to the rest of the Div Two table from Glamorgan down or Middlesex down, probably. We, let's not care about it. If we win the rest of our games, then that's all that we can control. But it is, like you said, Howard, last week, like it is ridiculous. This is the pinnacle of, of our domestic sport for cricket. And we don't really know who's going to go up and you can't really put a framework around how to win your next games. I mean... Can I throw one other thought out there? Yeah. So this, we're in this position because of the high performance review. Yeah. Um, had... had the powers that be sat down at the beginning of this summer off after that West Indies tour when we were hopeless and yeah. said, look, let's see how the summer goes. Then we'll undertake the high performance review over the winter. Yeah. What do we need a high performance review now? Because suddenly the test team is <laughs> performing. <laughs> do we need to make any wholesale changes? It's the same county system that produced these failing test players of the last 12 months um as, as suddenly now okay because those those same players are able to get on the world stage and perform due to yeah. a change in mindset brought in by a new coach whatever it be new captain fresh um fresh thought process whatever it is they are they are performing yeah. and have done exceptionally well if we if we had just sat on our hands for another summer and just, let's see how the county system plays out is there now a need to have this huge wholesale shake-up of the county system or do we say actually look we're not in bad shape here we had a we had an off 12 months but we're uh, we're performing quite well at the top level. So, do we need to do we need to shake it up too much, or is do we just carry on as it is? Yeah, and I suppose yeah, exactly. And I think that the other one to that is like we're not only talking. It's sort of just dawned on me that we're not only just talking about the structure of the county championship and how do we do it, but we're also talking about the scheduling of fixtures generally. 
in you know we talk about the cricket from 100 to t20 to 50 overs to county championship so actually we're not just talking about how do we fit all these games and these formats it's also how do we actually format one of the formats for want of a better phrase it's ridiculous isn't it like is there any is there any rumors about changing it a little bit like completely so going away from the the two divisions and splitting it into a couple more or is it stick with two divisions change the amount of teams in each one or do we just not know i've heard rumors of three three tiers sorry chev you crack on yeah and i think i mean i think they were talking about conferences weren't they so that would mean still two two tiers but basically three pools or uh, groups for whatever however way you want to call it but still with a diff one but then uh, uh, diff to basically split into uh, two uh, conferences um, but yeah for me the key thing here is that I, I, I don't really mind the review I just think that to implement chain I think as you have a competition live yeah. people should also always know what they're playing for Yeah. so because I would go as far as saying uh, counties would have maybe made different decisions with their teams yeah early in the season with whether they were going to go for a results or play it safe or go for a draw or bring in uh, extra or invest in players earlier to get more points on the board at an earlier stage with games that they thought they would have more of a chance than uh, waiting for the September games because only by then some of the performance review um, information comes out to county chairs and only then they really uh, find out that there's a a serious impact potentially on the outcome of this live competition, which makes no sense. So even if you were to make changes, it would be, you know, uh, we've done reviews in other sports before where you look at if we consider the changes now and make it clear what the rules are and what you're playing for at the start of the season. So next year, you know, by the end of ne- by the end of September uh, next year, yeah. it could well be that. Uh, you know then that it's going into two conferences and you know that there's going to be uh, three uh, teams going down and so on. Yeah. Fair enough. Everyone's had a whole year to play according to those rules and yeah. to uh, do that, uh, lead those league regulations. They haven't been able to do that now. So it's a bit, it's a very strange thing to not do anything about this for years, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Say, well, and, you know, basically just riding the wave of the the wide ball success for a bit. And that's <laughs> yeah. the, all of a sudden, that's the holy grail because we focus all our efforts on that. Yeah. Now you're changing. Now all of a sudden, that's all obviously sort of behind you. So not that that team can't be successful, but that real big high is, is behind you. So now all of a sudden, the red ball came back into focus. And, that, and then you need to rush it through. I mean, you could have made these decisions or this review, you could have done that review two, three years ago. Yeah. Because it was the same issue at the time. Yeah. It, and do you think, so, do you think, that are um, if we don't go very well at the T Twenty World Cup, do you think that will be a huge disaster because of they have put their money into the white ball game in recent years, or that, maybe not the money, but they've definitely put their efforts into it and then they focused more on it? Or do you think that they'll suddenly say, "Oh, it's not really a matter because of we're a bit more concentrating on the red ball game"? But do you do you think it now suddenly does matter that? If we do well at the T20 World Cup, or do you think it doesn't, or doesn't no one really care? Less so because you're not. It's not a home tournament. Yeah. You know, do, you, do you think we've ridden that that quite that 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 wave of like okay, white ball success has happened. 50 over World Cup one, 
doing the double yeah, he, would be great, but yeah, I think you know these things go in cycles, yeah, uh, especially in wide pool, and you also have to have a bit of luck. Uh, you know, I think that the, winning your home tournaments is what basically every nation wants to do. Yeah, so you know, it's you're not making it easier for yourself with where uh, uh, the, the World Cups are being played. Oh, sure, yeah, that's true. Um, so I think I think the the key in the T Twenty World Cup is get out the group stage. After that, I think everyone appreciates it's a bit of a lottery. Any team can beat any team. On, yeah. on um, once you're in the quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever it be, right? Uh, but I think if we if we don't get out of the group, that will be deemed as a failure. But I think there's an appreciation that it, anything after that, it, it's a lottery. Anything can happen. And we yeah. I think yeah. touched on earlier in this um, podcast. We I think we listed about eight teams that could potentially win that World Cup. Uh, that's true. Yeah. But do you think do you, do you think now then if you think about sort of England cricket structure and do you, do you think that do you think the champo does need a sort of a restructure? And do you think we do need to start thinking about putting our eggs in the the white the red ball basket rather than this white ball basket? Or do you like you said, Howard? Do you think actually we just had a bit of bad form? Actually, we're in an okay shape. Or do you do you guys actually think that the champo needs a bit of sort of overhaul in terms of when the fixtures are played and even the way the divisions are set up? Well, they've yeah. played with yeah, sorry, they've played with the formats every two years anyway because it's not the first so you know they've moved it from uh, division one was a fewer teams in it before it went back yeah. up again obviously yeah. they had a COVID years where they played a very different set of so tournament all together so it's yeah. been messed about for four or five years a little bit anyway and I, you know I don't I, I wouldn't be opposed to it being settled in oh this is a this is a new structure this is how we're going to play yeah uh, uh, and you, you know, you still take into consideration the number of games that counties want to play and so on. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you shouldn't. You don't have. You don't have to be married to this diff one, diff two setup. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not really. But it's just the only thing that doesn't feel right about it is trying to make that change now, whilst the season is being played out with yeah. teams not knowing what they're actually playing for. Uh, go for, for next season. I mean, if anything. Can make a change because normally just with all the politics involved it takes forever anyway to get those decisions through yeah true so you know make the decision make the right decisions think it through make sure that everyone gets a compensation or, or the wishes that they they'd like to receive and and tell everyone what they're playing for next year and implement it for the year after next i mean next year the actions it's a home one so you know in principle england should be should have a, a, a much better chance of winning it than when it, when it would be down under so you know in that for that matter you could actually look at what they did this summer and say well we could you know we're not saying that we're going to win it but what are, what are you going to do between now and then that is going to make a major impact on that yeah interesting and, and that's what you're playing for right because that's mm. at the end of the day what always matters yeah and um, so and you can always start working on what people are doing when next year but they didn't worry about the fixture scheduling and when to play what, uh, when they set up their calendar for next year, because that's basically already done. It's just a matter of how many games people are playing where and when. Yeah. But it's, it's not like the, the split between the competitions hasn't already sort of been outlined, whether it's through TV rights or anything else. Yeah. Interesting. Howard, any, any thoughts on, on the structure or the... The fixtures or anything like that? Do you think it? Yeah, needs I think the, the structure is fine. I, I like the two tiers. I yeah. think the scheduling needs work. Um, simple as that. It's, it's been talked about a lot, hasn't it? But 
bookending the season with the the bulk of the championship cricket, how that is not going to help you produce fast bowlers or or potentially even quality spinners. I think mm. we need more first class cricket in the middle of the summer. But as for the structure itself, it's it's the structure that got us to world number one ten years ago. Nothing's yeah. changed. Um, we just need to give the players a, a better chance of being able to perform in in all global conditions. I think rather than just traditional English conditions. Yeah. No, I think that's a really interesting point, actually, for both in terms of you can't. It's obviously worked at one point in our lives because we, like you said, we got to number one. We we won the, we won the Ashes, all that sort of stuff, which we sort of is the barometer. The Ashes, isn't it? Really, uh, probably winning in India is second to that, which you know we did both when we were. And it was all fine. I think having the having the the non clarity, it being pretty foggy, and what you're doing mid season, like Chev says, is it just is completely disturbing and can't actually owe to any success in the England team. Actually, like that sort of non clarity and stuff is is quite terrible. I reckon. So it's interesting, but just looking, I mean, in Div Two, I, it is what it means. Next, the next round of fixtures. I suppose the only really ones that you can sort of say really really mean something are um the Worcestershire Nottingham and Glamour and sorry Leicester Middlesex which, of which you'd say probably Leicestershire Middlesex Middlesex have got their eye on winning that one um with it being a little bit trickier for Nottingham and so it's, it doesn't really yeah it doesn't really create any sort of like decent sort of if we're trying to promote the game of cricket we talked about Div 1 being really exciting this Div 2 title race it's only a two-horse race, probably at the moment, but it could be a three or four-horse race depending on the thing next year. So it doesn't really owe to any sort of excitement, which is probably possibly disappointing. Um, but just looking, I suppose, ahead of next week, have we got any big changes in your guys' teams? I mean, trades are very small, so it might be coming down to substitutions. It's going to be a conversation with Chev and I on the trades because we both uh, have you both maxed out a lot last week. Yeah, right. What, I think yeah. I have got a full squad to pick from now. So it's, there's there's some choices to make in terms of squad rotation. Yeah. Um, Simon Harmer can come back in, and I think he will do. Yeah. Possibly with the armband. I've got to be careful what I say. I'm lying in second place overall. You um, are. 400 points behind Mr. Alex J of the Cullingworth Reserves. So I don't know if he's a listener, but I don't want to give too much away in case you just... <laughs> Matches my team and uh, cuts me off. <laughs> this could be a form of um, self sabotage, match fixing as well. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's looking a bit. I've got yeah. So Duckett comes back in. Um, as I said, Harmer comes back in. Brooke Guest will come back in. Stephen Mullaney comes back in off the bench. They all missed games last week, so um, only only managed to get eight eight players on the pitch last week, but yeah. should be up to a full 11, all being well. Not, not bad for you last week, only eight players. You did have, you did come 10th in the overall league, uh, in round 14, sorry. Um, yeah, and overall, you are doing pretty well, actually. That is second. Do you think, I'd love to know Alex J's team, the Cullingworth reserves. Yeah. Um, Chev, have you, have you <laughs> matter of substitutions for you, I imagine, Chev? Yeah, well, or, or just players actually playing, so I don't even have to do many substitutions <laughs> either. So, you know, it's, in that sense, it's going to be very straightforward week. Um, but yeah, I, well, Melanius is, is playing, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got full, I've got a full squad available, so that's um, so it just comes down to if all of them do a little do okay, I can put Ben Compton on the bench, which I will be doing. So <laughs> yeah, um, you know, just watch out for his hundred coming up. 
uh, but he's out regardless. I'm just, you know, the only reason he's still there is because I ran out, ran out of trades and I had to prioritize. Yeah. Um, uh, and he was playing, was he playing last week or the week before? Anyway, I left him in for one of the two. He did play. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously didn't contribute anything uh, as per usual. Um, sorry, Ben. But um, uh, yeah, so he, he's, he's on the bench this week. As per usual, second half of the season is how we should. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We, we, we spoke about that at length last week. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I just, there's good reasons for him being in, in the place that he is at the moment in terms of uh, form. But um, yeah, I think so. All in all, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, I'm just very pleased I can uh, put out 11 players. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm settled on that third place. Um, Any trades left for you, Spin? Yeah, I've got one. I've got one, and I don't know whether to keep that for the last game of the season. I'm going to go through my team because it doesn't really matter. Um, I've got Keo deploy North. Are we going out before the watershed? Mm, no, we'll go out after tomorrow. I imagine. <laughs> Keo deploy Northeast Beddingham. I've got Mullaney Higgins as my two arounders. Tattersall. And then Potts, Connors, Roland Jones and Luke Fletcher. Um, I'm going to captain Potts. I've literally furiously just uh, searched the weather report in Durham and it is <laughs> it is cloudy tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm actually quite, I mean, I don't really know. I'm, I'm actually quite happy with the um, shape of my team in the last two games, which is really, really annoying. Um I've captain Potts. I've got on my bench is Compton, Travaskis, Bracey and Sanderson. And I think the only one is, now Chever says that Compton's not going to get any runs. Do I bring him back in? Or do I bring Sanderson in? But I don't think I will. Um, choice. The only thing I would say is that I think it's going to rain a lot for the last round. So use your, use your trades now. Yeah, that is um, a good point. I, I actually like my batting lineup and my bowling lineup now. So maybe... Don't trade. I mean, you know. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm have a look tomorrow. Maybe at the uh, at the tomorrow morning. But yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think um, obviously we'll be hope. You guys will be hoping. Sorry. Um, were they? Yeah. Sorry at Yorkshire, aren't they? Yorkshire. Oh god, at the Mickey Stewart Oval. How long has it been the Mickey Stewart Oval for? Just quickly. Two days, and it will cease to be the Mickey Stewart Oval at the end of the game. I think. It's just in honour of his 90th birthday. Good lad. Well done. I like that. Um, very well done to Kia as well, we must mention. Um, that's a nice gesture. Other car <laughs> brands are available. Other car brands. <laughs> oh, I've, I've tried to be nice, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, no need. Um, I mean, <laughs> over the seven-year yeah. warranty, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've actually saved enough money from everyone dropping catches in the over, don't they? They haven't had to shout yeah, out. Too much, but anyway, we'll leave it there. Um, and hopefully this round, from the neutrals, hopefully this round is very exciting so we can have a really good run in. Um, but thank you, guys. We, I'll just leave us with the league table because is there anything to play for within the badges? I think maybe... No, I think it's... Um, Bears badges, you're coming first, aren't you? So it's actually, can you become first in the overall cricket11.com, which I really hope you do because it would justify um, us doing a podcast all about the county championship and cricket11.com. Um, but yeah, Bears badges are coming first with Brian May save the badges second. Chev, you're in third at the moment and I am in last, as always. Maybe can I hit 20,000 points? That could be... I was just going to say, the good news is you're going to break the 20,000 mark. Yeah. So, you know... 
that it wasn't looking likely uh, before the um, uh, the uh, 100 break that that was going to happen. So you've done well in the last few games. Mm. Yeah, I've just probably been a bit more attentive. It's a compliment, really. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll end it there. Thank you to everyone for listening to Badger Watch. Uh, this is an unspun cricket production. Um, and yeah, stick with us to the end of the season and um, see you, speak to you, see you all soon.